ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to the show. If you're here to learn how to do character creation the right way, I've got bad news for you. You're in the wrong place, because we're going to be making cats, and we don't care if it's the right way or the wrong way. My name is Joel Holland. My name is Austin Irwin. And this is, in case I didn't say it, how to make a literal cat in your favorite RPG. The show where we make cats in your favorite RPG. Yes, sir. We are here to make a cat yet again. Who would have guessed? But this time, Joel, what game are we playing? We are playing the role-playing game Lancer. We're going to try, at least. Uh, (laughs) This is going to be interesting, I think. Because Lancer is, as far as I can tell, a kind of crunchy system. And it's also Mm -hmm. interesting in that you don't just make your character. Your character is kind of split into two parts. The pilot and the mech. Not only are we going to have to make a cat, we're going to have to make the mech that our cat pilots. As I said earlier, just like Titanfall. Yeah. But, well, uh, you know, kind of like Titanfall. (laughs) I have never played Titanfall or Apex or Titanfall 2. Good news. Or, Or any of them. Apex don't got mechs in it, at least as of the last time I played. Titanfall, I've never played it either, but except for one time at a friend's house... But I know enough to know that they got mechs in there. They do have mechs. And I know that you can have them drop out of the sky in front of you. That's true. I also think it's a like it's got a wall running mechanic. Which it does. I think is cool. I've never successfully programmed one of those. Although I have programmed you like making a character jump off a wall. Nice. And, and climb a wall. So like I, I, I'll get there. One you're of these you're days. close. You're close. But yes, they've got lots, lots and lots of uh, movement options in Titanfall. I, I've seen Titanfall speedruns, and they are always buck wild. <laughs> Shout out to the guy who yeah, blew I... his character's legs off with a grenade to get a faster time. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Anyway, anyway, so we're not here to play Titanfall. We're here to play Lancer, which is the the one where you have a mech. Now... The last time we had a game that let us make a mech, we just pulled Peter the Kaiju Reader out of retirement for the first time, and then we did it again during the last episode. But we are solemnly swearing to you today that Peter the Kaiju Reader will not pilot this mech, this one specifically. No, Peter the Kaiju Reader will be the mech. No, I'm kidding. Although, you know, at this point, it may as well just be a re- recurring bit. Anytime we do a uh, a one-shot lightning round type deal, We've got that we, <laughs> we bring him out of retirement <laughs> he keeps... for one last job. Hold on. We've pulled him out of retirement twice now. We can only pull him out of retirement six more times. We can pull him out of retirement for as many lightning rounds as it takes until... His wiki page, which doesn't exist yet because I still haven't started the wiki, is is a mile long. God. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. But today we're doing we're playing Lancer. Uh, we were looking over the rules just a bit ago, but before we get to those rules, we have our own rules. Yes, that is true. Uh, and those rules are. 
the rules that we read off at the beginning of every episode. So if you've if you've already heard these, I guess you can skip ahead a few minutes. But why would you want to do that? Everyone needs needs to be reminded of these. It's yeah. important. This is the most important part of the podcast. I mean, yeah, like it's real. more important <laughs> than actually making the cats. Yeah, it's just establishing the rules that the show exists on. If we have, if we don't have these rules, what are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, we have nothing. For instance, we can't accept any cop outs. How would we have a show if we accepted cop outs? <laughs> we have to make a literal cat, the animal. That you think of when I say the word, it cannot be a lion. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to say it. If it won't fit in your lap at adult size, it's probably not the right animal. I'm looking at you, tigers and cheetahs, especially cheetahs, because cheetahs are just like little babies. They're mm -hmm. easily socialized into human homes. They just don't li like to breed if you domesticate them. Hmm. Well, I know it's what actually my next like... pet is going to be. <laughs> I mean, you, you shouldn't do that. I'm pretty sure cheetahs are an endangered species. Last I heard, anyway. Well, they won't be endangered in my home. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, cheetahs don't count because we're not supposed to domesticate them. It's not fair to the wild cheetahs. So, doesn't count for this either. No siree. That's rule one. But rule two, homebrew does not exist can't make up our own stuff, can't use stuff that people have made up online. We're not throwing things into a pot here. We're, you know, we're reading the rules of, of the book and our own rules. We're currently reading rules. That's not the point. But if we come across a rules is written versus rules is intended situation, we go with whichever one says no. Because we break some rules here. Not these rules, but the book's rules. I'm saying rules way too many times. What's the next rule, Joel? <laughs> Uh, rule three is if the game includes rules for playing as a literal cat, those must be used or adapted to the game's character rules. Uh, no, it says character sheet in my uh, rule uh, sheet here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the game includes other stats, which ties into rule number four. Uh, the character class, background, playbook, or job, what have you, needs to exist in the game's core rules or as part of an official expansion yet again we're not making stuff up here we're just reading bringing it off to you exactly important note there we can't use homebrew classes either yeah like again no homebrew so therefore no homebrew classes but for the classes that do exist the cat can learn any skill available to them if we say our cat is a barbarian in uh, i don't know if we ever do a different di edition uh, of D&D &D or something or Pathfinder even if we make a barbarian cat then the cat has to be able to do the barbarian rage thing it's just the, the class says they can do it so they have to have been trained to do it somehow we don't worry about the logic of how they were trained we just we have to acknowledge that it's part of the class so therefore they can do it hmm. well alright <laughs> rule number six is um if a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they can't use it. So this means no... Uh, man. I'm trying not to say things that I've already said before, but it's hard to think of new <laughs> ones, you know? So, like, 
they can't use like a rake or a I don't know a a lawnmower riding or standing. They can't use a vacuum cleaner. Couldn't use a broom. They're scared from them. They're scared by them anyways. So yeah, not none of that. None of that. I don't know. You might be able to. I'll bet there is a way to design either a push mower or vacuum cleaner, what have you, comically downsized for a cat to use that you could train them to use. Yeah, but as soon as those things would start up, that cat would get scared, and you know it, Joel. (laughs) I know, they would get scared and run away, but physically, they would be capable of using the tools, so we could give them to them, and it would be up to the player to roleplay. Actually, no, we're not doing this. (laughs) (laughs) We're not gonna do this. If we if we have a book that says a character can use a lawn a standing lawnmower, <laughs> we'll think about it. <laughs> no, I just think it would be funny for someone to to role play. Like we've created a character whose job is <laughs> landscaping, and they just have cat sized lawnmowers and gardening tools and what have you for their landscaping business. But anytime they start up the lawnmower, they just abandon the job. <laughs> somebody's like inside they hired them somebody's inside their house and they're like and that lawnmower has been going for like two and a half hours surely they're done by now they open the window look outside it's just been sitting there the entire time i mean two and a half hours is probably not enough time for a cat to push around a cat-sized lawnmower to do a normal human-sized lawn, to be fair. I was imagining a world in which all the people were cats. Oh, uh, So, yeah, like, everything was, like, sized appropriately. But, you know, that's that's just my mind space. <laughs> my mind palace. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, there's one more rule, which is... If we break any rules uh, by the game standards, then we have to keep track of that so that we can tell you, the player, approximately how many rules you have to break in order to play as this character. Because if you don't know, then it's probably going to be a hard sell to your GM, even if the character sheet is already made for you by us, because we're going to make it right now. True. So with that out of the way, what's the first step of character creation? Let's see. Creating a pilot. Uh, to make the pilot part of your character at LL0, just follow these simple steps. Number one, choose a background. You can create a background yourself, choose from the list of backgrounds, or roll a dice to randomly select one. During narrative play, you can get bonuses by invoking your pilot's background. Cool. Uh, now, I think it's important to note that the uh, instructions on how to create a pilot come after all of the uh, mechanical information on playing as a pilot, <laughs> like not the other way around as most books would do it. Mm-hmm. So like, really- they're first like, okay, here's all the information on backgrounds. Here's all the information on triggers. Here's all the information on stats. Here's all the information on gear. Now that you know all this stuff, here's the instructions for creating a character. If you are confused, please reference the beginning of the chapter. <laughs> Which just, I don't know, it seems backwards to me, but whatever, whatever. I didn't make this book. Actually, who did make this book? I was about to say, we didn't say who did. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. One second. 
It's uh, Lancer by Massive Press. Uh, Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson Morgan are the writers on this one. Nice. And I think I said, but published by Massive Press. That's M-A-S-S-I-F. Oh, Massive. Gotcha. Glad you clarified that. Glad you clarified that because I straight up thought you said Massive as in I-V-E, not I-F. Yeah, (laughs) No, don't don't worry about it. We'll uh we'll make sure it's spelled correctly in the uh the show notes so that you the listener can find it accurately. Yeah. <laughs> um so let's see. Let's get to choosing a background. Yeah. The cool thing is I think there's a table here so we can just RNG this, we which can I think RNG. will be I think that will be the funniest course of action. Yeah. Just my opinion. I've got a D20 on me. Uh, do we want to read these off before we roll, or do we just want to roll and say what we got? I guess we can let people know. So the options are... We don't have to technically choose one of these backgrounds, but like they're there for us, and we're just gonna, we are just gonna can RNG it and keep things moving. Because again, this is kind of a crunchy system. We might need to keep it moving. But we got celebrity, colonist, criminal, far field team, hacker, mechanic, medic, mercenary... NHP specialist. I assume if I knew more about the Lancer setting, I would know what that is. A noble, an outlaw, a penal colonist, a priest, a scientist, a soldier, spaceborn, spec ops, super soldier, star starship pilot, or worker. Right. Some of these will be really funny if we get them. <laughs> I wanna I wanna point this out here because I know not a lot of games explicitly state that we have to play as a human. This book's text does say your pilot is the person inside the machine. Do you think cats are people? It's maybe a controversial question. <laughs> I think people tip- typically refers to like se- sentient, like you know, s- sapient, intelligent life that like arguably is capable of communicating on a level where both are. Both people are able to understand each other completely. Mm-hmm. So, like, we can communicate via speech. Or even if we can't communicate via speech, we found a way to communicate to each other without having to, like, rely on any um, obscurity to what we're saying. Yeah. And, like, with with a cat, it, it it's just like talking to a baby. Like, they can meow at you all, you, all they want, but... You don't necessarily know what they mean. You just kind of have to guess based on other context clues. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. By my definition, cat is not people. I feel like that's a rule broken then. Because I think they do be intending for us to play as peoples. And by peoples, I mean a human or some I mean... As far as I can tell, yeah, we're we're supposed to be human people. Although this is a space setting, so maybe aliens? Maybe? But... Mabians? Maybe aliens? (laughs) But for sure people. So we'll just say, uh, not playing as person. Playing as aminal. Aminal. Alright, let's roll one of these backgrounds... Yes. I got a 17, which is Spec Ops. <laughs> Are we going to have another cat that is running around, or not even running around, that is sneaking around? I mean, 
special ops just kind of means like highly trained soldiers, right? Like they are specialized for certain situations. Yeah. So we have a highly trained soldier for specialized situations. Okay. Do we want to read the spec ops thing real quick? Yeah, we probably should. All right. Spec ops. You might have been a spy or assassin working alone, or maybe you were part of an elite unit operating behind enemy lines with... Limes? No. Operating (laughs) behind enemy lines with little to no support, equipped with the best equipment your commanders trusted you with. Your missions were long, dangerous, and never publicized. If soldiers are hammers, you were a scalpel. Uh, Whatever organization you served, it was only... It was spoken only in whispers around military barracks and academies both. What work did you do that no one knows was you or your unit? How close was the galaxy how close has the galaxy come to all out war? Where have you operated? How old are you really? Uh what secrets do you know? And where is the rest of your team? So are those questions that are like on the character sheet? I guess I should have a copy of the character sheet pulled up for my own reference. Not really. I think those are just to get you thinking about like your triggers right. or stuff like that. Cool. So, but we can go ahead and say background spec ops. Absolutely. So we have our background. Yep. So up next is choose triggers. Choose four okay. plus two triggers based on your pilot's background. Okay, so we know that the uh, example triggers based on spec ops are act unseen or unheard, take someone out, spot, or stay cool. So Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, like, those are, like, kind of what it's thinking for, like, based on background. But, like, here's what it says about triggers. As a central character in the story, your pilot will have moments where their background, training, and personality shine through. These moments are your pilot's triggers. Short phrases that describe key decisions and actions like, Apply fists to faces, or get somewhere fast. Triggers are always accompanied by a bonus of plus two, plus four, or plus six. Hmm. When one of your character's uh, triggers is relevant to a skill check, you get a bonus to the roll. For example, if you have plus two apply fists to faces written on your character sheet, anytime your character acts in a way that can be construed as applying fists to face. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime you punch someone in the face, you get a plus two to the skill check. <laughs> well, it can, you know, it can be interpreted as other stuff, you know? I suppose. <laughs> I mean, kicking ass could be relative. I, I would say it is an equal, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's an equal action to applying fists to faces. <laughs> Perhaps. You know, putting boots to ass. <laughs> the red foreman mech exactly <laughs> exactly um okay anyway, anyway triggers are usually fairly open-ended allowing you to apply them in creative ways that said the gm is responsible for ar- arbitrating outlandish claims which makes me think of the mecha and monster game that i played where anytime someone wanted to do something they always started their argument with okay so i'm a scientist yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes they didn't even get past that before the entire table was either groaning or laughing hysterically because of all the other things they justified by saying, (laughs) I'm a scientist in the past. Hey, you know what? If it works, it works. Indeed. Creating triggers is, I think, 
With GM approval, you can write your own triggers. Custom triggers can be more specific than the examples in the book. Uh, okay, so those are about creating triggers. We probably should work off the the sample triggers. Not that there's a table for that or anything, but... So we choose four plus tri two triggers based on our pilot's background, right? So we choose four... Basically, we choose four triggers that we mm -hmm. think fit our, fit our character. Excuse me. Okay. And it's got some example triggers here. Most of these look like the ones that are already on the uh, the background suggestions. So, like, act unseen or, seen or unheard. Get somewhere or do something without detection, but not necessarily quickly. Hide, sneak, or move quietly. Infiltrate a facility. I think we are a small, a small little guy. Mm -hmm. I think act unseen or unheard. Like you said, we might be doing another character here who just, like vents <laughs> <laughs> just like just like the hit game from 2020 you all know what it is i'm not saying it <laughs> actually i think it was made before 2020 well I, it became a hit game in 2020 but yes it was made before 2020 uh let's see when was among us made damn June it, you 15th, said it. <laughs> 2018 and <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh so yeah we could we could say that our cat can act unseen or unheard. Blow something, something up sounds... <laughs> now, I know it, it doesn't really fit with the character, but is it funny? Yes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. We could, uh, we could make the argument that the cat is a master of sabotage. Ooh. So the cat sneaks in, rigs things to blow up. <laughs> runs out. <laughs> yes. I am a million percent down for that. <laughs> it's like it's like the two sides of one coin. Being as quiet <laughs> as possible to get into somewhere to make the <laughs> most insane bomb you can, <laughs> creating the most noise. I'm I I like that. All right, blow something up. We're going with it. <laughs> cool. Uh, with that in mind, what's another good get somewhere quickly? I guess I think that was another spec ops thing. Anyway, get somewhere quickly with and without complications, but not necessarily quietly. Mm. So we can either get there unseen or unheard, or we can get there fast. We cannot do both. Well, something that would be good is you could act unseen or unheard to get into a place, and then you can get out very quickly. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we want to go with that? Yeah. Good. Uh, and then we've got two options here that I think would work to fill this out if we're going with a saboteur, which is hack or fix or invent or create. Mm -hmm. uh, so hack or fix is repair a device or faulty system. Alternatively, hack it wide open or totally wreck, disable, or sabotage it, uh, which, you know, is our goal as a master saboteur. Or invent or create, use tools and supplies to design or build something, either on the fly or over time, like a bomb. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide, because, like, hack or fix can be very situational, but mm -hmm. would work for most things. But Inventor Create would be really cool. <laughs> it would. Because um, you could just invent a special type of bomb. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Oh, yes. man. I have, by knocking things onto the floor, created an entirely new type of explosion that no one has ever seen before. See, yeah, that's my problem. It's like, <laughs> how is this cat going to invent or create something if they can't use tools? I think just based on the physical limitations of cat, we might you... want to go with hack or fix. Yeah, I'm thinking hack or fix is going to be our best our best option. Maybe leave off the or fix. Just just put hack. <laughs> I, I don't know, because hack alone... Like, I know what the book says, but, like, hack alone kind of makes it sound like, in in the context that we all know it, like a computer thing. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe we should leave it as hack or fix, specifically because the the there's a reference to that in the book and what that means. Okay. Yeah. All right. So hack or fix, the new version of Truth or Dare. Write down your combat, your pilot's combat statistics, which... I, I don't know what that means. Like it's it tells us exactly what our starting stats are, which is interesting. Like there's no there's no rules on like how to to alter your stats at the beginning of the game. It's just size one half, six HP, ten evasion, ten e defense, and four speed. Okay, I don't know where our armor is gonna come from. Also, I don't know where to put size. I don't know either. Also, what's our LL? Our LL is zero. So I think that's just like at level zero, you get uh, skills XYZ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got grit, hull, system, agility, I'm assuming, and engineering, I'm assuming. But yeah, I don't see a spot for size. But it's, you know, it's in the book. If you're playing this, you'll know. I mean, there's a size spot on the mech page. Is there? But that's a totally separate thing. Yeah. Huh. Which seems weird. I don't know. Maybe they just forgot to put it on here. Maybe. I'm assuming all character sizes are one half, though. That's what it looks like from. Yeah, it could just be here. that, like, there's there is no like variation to the the character size. Yeah. Because you're all supposed to just be human sized. So should we make our size like a quarter? <laughs> it's, I don't even know where to mark that, so we'll just leave it alone. Yeah. All right. Now, so that's all for pilot, right? Oh, no. Choose gear. Yeah, we need to fill out our loadout. We're embarking on a mission. You'll choose gear for your pilot from the gear list in the compendium. Uh, pilots can have armor up to two weapons and up to three other pieces of gear. All right. Well, I guess let's go to the compendium. Which is on page 108. On missions, pilots can take one set of personal armor, up to two weapons, and up to three other pieces of gear. All pilot weapons are pilot scale and can't be used by the mechs. That makes sense. Now, we are going to have some issues here, because there's probably a bunch of these weapons which are not designed for cat hands. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. So we've got archaic weapons, which are all the wonders of the galaxy on offer, and some people still insist on lugging a sword or crossbow into battle. Now you've got alloy and composite weapons. Most melee weapons are forged from advanced non-reactive allies, composite materials, or GMS standard fabrication tech, allowing for durable and reliable weapon in survival situations and encounters where kinetic shielding reduces the effectiveness of ballistics. Uh, Let's see, signature weapons... 
Pilots carry a diverse range of weapons into the battlefield. Everything from heirlooms to custom-tooled sidearms. Okay, now here... Oh my gosh, this game has heirlooms? It is just like Apex and Titanfall. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Titanfall came out before this, so... True. If you want to know which came first... I like I cannot speak for the cre- for the creators of Lancer. It is totally possible they took some inf- inspiration from Titanfall. Like, d- don't quote me on that, but like, it, it's possible, right? It. I I think it's possible. I I can yeah. see it. So so here's the thing. It sounds like signature weapons are cu- can be customized weapons. Mm-hmm. So we could give this cat a cat gun. We could. We could give it the cat gun. Or, <clears throat> so we've had the cat gun and the katana. Right. Is there another weapon that we could give this cat that really a cat just should not have? Because I'm um, thinking, I watched, okay, watch Chainsaw Man <laughs> a while ago. And I'm thinking it would be hilarious. Because this is kind of set futuristic like, you know. And in the picture, literally down at the bottom of this page, this right. this person, this pilot, has, like, a holographic-type weapons coming out of her, um, like, hands. Yeah, like, she's got, like, uh, what's that called? Monofilament, or... Yes, something like that. I think it would be hilarious to have a cat that's got a helmet on. And on specific movement, this helmet pops a holographic, or not holographic, but like a energy sized <laughs> an energy sized <laughs> chainsaw that it can just <laughs> run into people with. <laughs> that would be that would be fun. I don't have a better idea, <laughs> but I do. I do think that like we could just take take advantage of a cat's natural strengths as well, which is um, swiping at things or biting things. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think in that same line of thinking, you could have a cat that can swipe at things and, like, it shoots miniature, like, monofilament strands of, like, like a... I, I, I'm saying monofilament. That's, like, a thing in Shadowrun. Like, uh, who was it? Pox from Neo Scum had a, a whip... Made of that stuff oh. cuts through anything. Nice. That'd I feel be like cool. this is the second time we've referenced me- Neo Scum on this show, but still, you know, it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that'd be cool. Just have like whenever the cat swipes, there's just uh... it shoots out like shoots out these like incredibly sharp threads that can that can basically cut like its claws, except much farther away. Oh, I like that. I like and by that much farther away, I do mean like a few feet away, but still. Yeah, we're talking like to be able... <laughs> talking like five feet away, you know. Yeah, but still, for a cat to be able to swipe at you and scratch you from five feet away, I th- I think a cat would appreciate that power. Absolutely, that'd be deadly too. Yeah. Right. So, like that would I think be a light weapon. So the tags would be sidearm. Uh, which means that it's got a threat of one and a damage of one. I, I'm assuming this would be like either a signature or we we don't really have rules for a um, signature melee weapon, 
only alloy weapons. Mm. So I would say it would be a light ally weapon, which means it has a tag of sidearm, a threat of one, and a damage of one for the okay. character sheet information. And those are the tags for it, but it would be, uh, we'd have to describe it as like, I think it's called monofilament. I, I'm going to look that up real quick. Just okay. one damage one monofilament sounds right. I'm trying to think like it's, it's, it's kind of like the stuff. It's basically fishing line, except like, if you just Google like monofilament line, it's like, it, it's talking about fishing line mostly. So it's like basically fishing line material, except it's like, I guess heated or something. So that it's like like hot and therefore can cut through things very finely. It's funny that the pilot page has like almost no room for anything, and then the mech page is just like here's everything individually <laughs> stated by exactly what you need. <laughs> I I have noticed that. We've got weapons. I I think weapons are out of the way, so now we need to look into armor, right? Yes. I would say our cat probably has something like uh, either a light hard suit or mobility hard suit. It could be a stealth hard suit too. Yeah, or or stealth. Oh, whoa! Mobility hard suit gives you flight though, and it has more evasion and defense and speed than the stealth hard suit. What? But the stealth hard suit comes with invisibility, True. so like. I also think it's funny that the uh, the others are described as, like, bonus of plus three HP. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get. Ooh. I don't know. Which one do you think would be best? It's like... I, I like the stealth hard suit, I think, looking at it. Yeah. I, I feel like it'd be the most practical for our character. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, we need to roll a notable feature for our uh, uh, alloy weapon. One second. Okay, we got a stealth hard suit. Okay, so for our alloy weapon, notable feature. I got a D6 right here. I roll off the fucking table. Oh no. Okay. There was like a 1 in like 500 chance of me rolling off the table there. <laughs> and there was a 1 in 6 chance of me getting 5... This weapon is a fair family heirloom that was passed down to you. Wait a minute. Is this the table for archaic weapons? Uh... I'm just reading these. It's like, this weapon is ancient in design. This weapon is ornate and ceremonial. And that kind of sounds more like archaic weapons than alloy weapons, right? Yeah. Alright, one moment. Is there a different table for alloy weapons or like are There's... alloy weapons supposed to just be like standard issue um could be standard issue you you rolled five so let's look at the next uh thing because the signature weapons also has a notable features table okay. this weapon has been custom tooled for you by an omninet militech enthusiast and has a couple of extra fee features that actually sounds correct for our situation yeah i think it does because, like, this is a, a weapon custom-made for a special ops cat. <laughs> Absolutely. Custom-built by an Om Omninet Miltech. I don't think you need to write the whole thing in, just, like, custom-tooled or something. Yeah. People can figure out the rest. <laughs> Surely. Uh, okay. And I think we'll 
skip having a, a ranged signature weapon unless we do we do have permission to just also have the cat gun if you want. I mean, yeah, sure, why not? If we could I think if we can do the cat gun, we should just do it. Okay. So this one I think would also be like a light signature weapon because it has to be wielded by a cat. Yeah. Oh, um that that reminds me, like the threat one damage one thing, like the the sign by that actually means something apparently, which I didn't realize before, but like so like it's one kinetic damage is what it looks like. Oh neat. For the the alloy composite uh melee weapon. Gotcha. This has a range of three. Range of three and then damage it can be uh, explosive, energy, or kinetic. Up to us. Um, I know my I, preference, but... <laughs> gotta be explosive, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a cat gun that fires explosive rounds. The cat nade launcher. <laughs> the cat noob tube. <laughs> <laughs> Still only does one damage, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a really small explosion, so it doesn't scare the cat. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it should scare the cat, because maybe that's how they are prompted to get out of there. True. Alright, anyway, so we need... Uh, then we have a stealth hard suit, which is a personal armor, invisibility bonus. Do we want a notable, notable feature for that, or the cat gun? Uh, oh yeah, we need to roll for the cat gun, don't we? Yep. Alright, notable features. I got a six. This weapon was given by someone else, or taken from them. I feel like given by someone else makes sense because mm-hmm. like it's not realistic for this cat to have necessarily made it themselves, especially since we didn't give them the invent tag. Yeah. <laughs> or the invent trigger, whatever it's called. Anyway, for the hard suit, if you're going with the stealth hard suit, let's, let's roll for the notable feature on that. A one. This hard suit was custom tooled by an artisan manufacturer. It's a masterwork piece of personal protection, easily identifiable as a creation of its designer. Probably made by the same guy who made the cat gun. Surely. Alright, custom think built then again. that in this instance, the cat gun is just an add-on to the suit? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say. This person was like, I'm gonna make this suit for this cat, and it's like, Man, I really don't want anything bad to happen to this cat. I'm going to attach a gun. (laughs) Yeah, let's make the... Also, let's make the claws shoot out hot monofilament uh, whips (laughs) to extend the the reach of his paw swipes. Because he likes swiping at things with his paws. This cat's going to be a fucking bad at... (laughs) (laughs) He's going to kill so many people. Trying to pet the cat while it's got its mech suit on still. He accidentally (laughs) extends his claws to... To do the little kneading thing. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking tears your leg off. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> My bad, bro. Didn't know. Didn't know about that. But yeah, I think it would make sense to say that all of our, like, our suit was made with the gun on it. And then uh, the whip has the thing, like, it's been custom tooled by an enthusiast. Mm. Uh, so it could be that, like, the suit was modified after the fact by an ally or something. Makes sense. So that you you could also swipe someone from way over there. <laughs> it's like, I need you to get my back. And by that, I need you to, I really need you to be putting in this work. <laughs> putting in the work. <laughs> we get three other pieces of gear. Up to three other pieces of gear. Yeah. 
Um, so let's see. We've got what's corrective. This clear plastic like sheet can be placed over the wounds of severely injured pilots, instantly begins to stabilize them, injecting medicine and employing nanites to sit wounds shut. Nano machines, son. Mm. Uh, next up is frag grenades. Hatch, uh, stems, thermite charge. There's a lot here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I really like the idea of giving this cat grenades. I I do think it would be funny. Like, they're just attached to the side, so he can just pull the pin, and they'll drop wherever he's standing. He just runs. Okay, here's one that I think he needs. A personal drone. Small oh. non-combat drones are a common sight in the field. Fairly noisy, but can fly about half a mile with good maneuverability before losing signal, relaying audio and visual information as they go. Ooh, that's really good. I like that a lot. <clears throat> okay, and here's another uh, addition to their suit, potentially. Tertiary arm. A powered third arm mounted on a bracket on a hard suit. <laughs> that's how he throws the that's... grenades. <laughs> Just his tail. <laughs> okay, so we got a personal drone... Grenades. Frag grenades. Frag grenades, yep. Gotta, gotta be specific, because I think there's also... Or do you think it would be better to give them the... No, no, let's give them the frag grenades. Oh, are you gonna... I was gonna say what... I was thinking of the thermite charge, but... Because frag grenades are... You throw them and see immediate results, right? Thermite charge would be, like, C4. Yeah. You would already be on the way out by, by the time that explodes, which is not our cat's style. Yeah, he wants to be in the moment. Arcat's thing is causing problems and leaving before it's too late for them to save themselves. Causing problems on purpose. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, we've given our cat brag grenades, we've given them a personalized drone, and then we've given them an arm to throw the frag grenades with. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I think that wraps it up for the character, for the pilot. So now... Yep. We're going to make a mech. This will be fun. Let's see, so creating a mech is on page 35. Constructing and customizing a mech may seem daunting at first, but broken down into steps, it's much simpler than it seems. Also, there are way more steps here than there were for character creation. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, the character doesn't really matter. We want you to stunt this mech out. <laughs> All right. So anyway, start... Uh, by picking a frame from the licenses available to you. The frame gives your mech its base statistics. At license level zero, you only have access to the GMS SB1 Everest. So I I have assumed that we're playing as a level zero character. Yeah. What was it? G GMS SP1 Everest. Mm-hmm. Does it tell us where that is or what that is somewhere? Uh, That's a good question that I... Do not have the answer to. <laughs> it's just frames on page 32? Yeah, I'm, let's see. The basic structure and components of a mech, its chassis, armor, and mounts is called its frame. A mech's frame determines its appearance, size, and function, defining it as anything from a heavy siege engine to an agile flyer, or even a cloaking mech that specializes in electronic warfare. These effects are expressed by a frame's traits. Think about choosing a frame as more or less choosing... The mech your character is going to pilot. But remember that you are not limited to just one frame. You can acquire new ones by unlocking rank 2 licenses. 
In game terms, a frame is a mech's modular base. It determines your mech size, armor, and other specifications. I'm guessing somewhere else other than other than in the first section. Like so probably in the yeah. compendium, it tells us some some things about the Yeah the, I'm what looking, we're looking at, right? I'm looking at it and I don't see anything specifically mechs. I mean it might be the uh Oh, Everest one twenty two. Alright, so Everest is yep. the name of the, the level zero mech, right? Yep. Right. GMS standard pattern one Everest. Core stats, here we go. So size one, armor zero, save target ten, sensors ten. Cool of them to just give us all that. It's also got some uh traits listed there for you, doesn't it? Yeah, initiative. And then we've got one uh core system, it looks like. Okay. Did I core bonus? Systems are listed at the bottom, it looks like. Of the character yeah. sheet. Hyperspec fuel injector. Is SP and CP the same thing or Yeah. No, nope. CP is core power. Yeah. Or is active I think that's a tag. Oh, okay. That would make sense. For the rest of this scene, you gain plus one health thingy? Cool. I can't I can't copy that. Plus one plus. That. Plus one plus. I'm wondering if that's just like a plus one bonus to the roll or something. Yeah. I'd have to go and like actually look up what that icon means, which is probably earlier in the book. Yeah. Additionally, once per turn, you can boost as a free action. Additionally, you can what? You can boost as a free action. So that is our thing. Main mount, flex yep. mount, heavy mount. If you need to rest. Add bonuses from your mech skills. At le license level zero, your character starts with two points to spend on mech skills. So hole would be plus two HP per point. Plus one repair cap for two points, uh, agility plus one evasion per point, uh, plus one speed for two points, systems plus one tech attack and e defense per point, and plus one SP for two points. Engineering plus one heat cap per point, uh, plus one use for limited gear for two points. It's so, like I think our cat only technically has one frag grenade. <laughs> yeah. So we could say. Oh no, this is for the mech, so that would be, like, a different type of limited use gear. So, starts with two points to spend on mech skills. So we can get plus two HP for one point, or, yeah, I already read yeah. all that off, but... Well, what kind of stuff do we want to do here? I think, uh, plus one tech attack and plus one evasion. Yeah, I was thinking plus one evasion for sure. Tech attack, I'm not sure what that does, but... We'll have the ability to to do it we get plus one tech attack and e-defense well we can take both okay i'm not i'm not opposed so evasion we get plus one point so that's nine all right add grit to your mechs hp sp attack rolls and save target you get your first point of grit at license level one so that doesn't affect us nope pick weapons and allocate them to your frames available mounts unless they have unique uh, tag you can take weapons more than once you can only choose from the GMS weapon list, which I'm guessing is in the compendium. Gotta be. It doesn't tell us what page it's on, though. <laughs> no, sir, re Bob. Page 122. Um, so yeah. Uh, we get we have a main mount, a flex mount, and a heavy mount. Cool. So, let's see. GMS mech weapons on page 118. Much like GMS mechs, GMS weapons are reliable galactic standards made made using interchangeable parts and built to withstand almost any conditions. There are three lines currently in production. 
Type 1 is defined by powerful, reliable, conventional kinetic uh, ranged and melee weapons, including the GMS assault rifle, heavy machine gun, shotgun, pistol, and various light and heavy blades. Reliable galactic standards. The GMS uh, Type 1 line is the most widely used mech scale line of weaponry across the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Type 2 displays... uh, GMS's proprietary charge melee weapons. Type 3 is made up of heavy weapons, ordnance, and other exotic specialized or massive weapons. Nice. So, let's see. Heavy rifles would be Type 1, it said, I think. Or heavy machine gun. Yeah. GMS assault rifle, heavy machine gun, shotgun, pistol, and various light and heavy blades. So, and this is this list here is basically what we can choose from, is what it looks like. Gotcha. Anti-material rifle, assault rifle, charge blade, cyclone pulse rifle, heavy charge blade, heavy machine gun, heavy melee weapon, howitzer, uh, missile rack, mortar, nexus, uh, hunter killer or nexus light, pistol, segment knife, rocket propelled grenade, shotgun, tactical knife, tactical melee, tactical or thermal, thermal lance, thermal pistol, thermal rifle. Okay, I saw one on this list that we have to have, and I think you know which one it is. What What do you have in mind? It's got to be the rocket-propelled grenade, right? <laughs> what would that go on, our heavy mount? I believe so. Yeah, because it's ordnance, so it would be type 3. Yeah, so we have main mount, flex mount, heavy mount. It says main launcher. Oh, yeah, it does say main launcher. Which doesn't seem in line with, like, the what it describes Type 1 weapons as. It sounds, like, it says that Type 3 would be ordnance, but this is, this is a main. Yeah. Huh. So, but if it's main, then it would go on the main, uh, like, it would go on the main mount. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So, main range was, what was it, 10? Yep. Yep. 10, and the damage is 1d6 plus 1 explosive. Yes. Uh, tags are loading ordnance. Probably means it has to be manually loaded for every shot, but that's fine. Yep. And the effects doesn't really say, so I'm just going to put death. <laughs> boom. Sounds about right. Death boom. All right. So what would the, would it, does it tell us here what flex mounts and all that means? Or maybe if I scroll up a bit. I'm just gonna... I don't think it does. Oh, that little hexagon with the plus in it? It's an accuracy. The bonus to accuracy. Oh, it's a bonus to accuracy. There you go. Okay, well, this is interesting. So, I have uh, tried to type flex mount into Control-F to see if it could find any other references to it in the book using my PDF reader. Mm -hmm. And it said there was nothing. So I thought, huh, that's weird. I'm going to try and copy and paste the text directly from that box into the the uh, find thing. And it said that the text doesn't exist, that I just copied and pasted from the book. Huh. Well, you know, I have no idea then. I'm assuming a flex mount means that it can be anything? Like, it could be either? Perhaps. I'm trying to find, like, just a... What does it mean? Like... Because I'm, I'm hoping that there's a list that just, like, explains what each type of mount is. Yeah. Having to cycle through the mounts. Where does it describe that? 
Oh, it actually describes it back on page 32. What do you know? Oh, neat. Let me go read that real quick. Mechs can carry a limited number of weapons determined by their frame. Trying to install too many weapons and their supporting systems places far too much stress on the mech structure and reactor. Each mech frame has a different number and different types of mounts. To add a weapon to your mech, you need an available mount of the right type and size. You can, however, add uh, smaller weapons to larger mounts. For instance, you could add a main or auxiliary weapon to a heavy mount or add two auxiliary weapons to a main or auxiliary mount. So main mounts can take one main or auxiliary weapon. Heavy mounts can take one heavy main or auxiliary weapon. Mm. Auxiliary mounts can take up to two auxiliary weapons. Auxiliary mounts can take one main weapon and one auxiliary weapon or two auxiliary weapons. Mm. Flex mounts, here we go. Flex mounts can take either one main weapon or up to two auxiliary weapons. Oh. So basically we've got one main weapon so far. We've got room for one more and then we've got a heavy mount, I think it said. Yeah. We we are going to do a heavy weapon for the heavy mount and then for the flex mount we can either do an auxiliary or a main, right? Yes, I think that's what it's saying. Okay. Although I don't think there's that many auxiliary weapons other than like pistols and knives looking at this list. Yeah. We could do a missile rack. <laughs> you want to do a uh, oh, oh that's <laughs> that's auxiliary too. Cool. I I just looked at that and assumed it would be heavy. Nope. <laughs> What do you know? So anyway, do you want to? Do we want to give this guy like melee weapons on the mech, or? That's a good question. We probably do need one. Um, as much as I like the idea of having an RPG and a missile rack, we may, we may need a melee weapon. We could definitely do a heavy charge blade. It would be, it, type heavy melee tags AP whatever that means. I think yeah, I think we could do that. Heavy charge blade. Yeah, and a range of an, of like immediate like one. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's that's fine. It's a melee weapon. It only needs a range of one. Yeah. So, are we doing the missile rack then as well? We could do the missile rack, and then we would have room for one more auxiliary weapon. <laughs> Wait, do we get two auxiliary weapons then? Yeah, a flex mount can hold two auxiliary weapons. <laughs> we could take the charge blade, right, or heavy charge blade, which is. 1d6 plus 3, what is that, charge damage, right? Yes. Do we want another melee weapon for our second auxiliary, or do we want another ranged weapon? Um, That's a good question. I'll leave that one up to you. Let's see. I think, I think we could do either, really. Because right. let's see, we, we're already doing... We're, we've already got explosive and charge damage, but on the mech, we don't have any uh, kinetic damage. So I think if we did a pistol, just like a regular pistol, that would give us kinetic damage. And then we would have our bases covered. Okay. So, sorry, which one was it? For the kinetic damage? Sorry. I think it's just... I was typing the pistol. other one. Oh. Just pistol. So, yeah. Or what's a what's a Nexus? I have that no idea. Uh, Nexus is hive-style launchers that serve as a miniature factory hangar and deployment systems for portable drones. So, basically, it would be deploying, uh, attack drones. Oh, neat. I think, let's go with the pistol. Okay. Because the pistol is Reliable 1, which has long range of 5 or a close range of 3. And either way, it does 1d3 kinetic damage. Nice. Okay. 
I've got all of that written down. The close quarterback. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it means. It's like, it's... Because you can see here, like, <laughs> it's got both the, the immediate range and a long-range setting. Yeah. So it is for close quarter battles. I don't know if that's what B stands for, but... Yeah, that's, like, maybe? Uh, surely. Alright. Alright, so... and then we've got our... Let's go back up here. Uh, pick your weapons and allocate them to your frame. We've done that. Choose systems up to your SP. So, the mech only comes with two standard systems, right? Or no, just the one. No. Yeah, just the one. So we can pick five more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, you can only We have to choose team. from the GMS systems list, but... Which I think is immediately after the GMS weapons list. Yeah. On page 120. Custom paint job. Expanded compartment. <laughs> oh, they cost different ones, too. So like, this one. Oh, like, that's fine. Yeah. We could give it a flight system. Wait, does our thing come with 6x SP? Oh, that's the SP cost of the, the Everest default thing. I would assume it costs one. Yeah. Or wait, no, this is a core system, so would it be listed under core stats? Because, like, there's a core, core, core bonus. bonus. Yeah, I like, probably... It's, it's not described that way. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, like, it would make more sense for it to go there, because that's where you're spending your core power anyway, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I wonder if it says back up back up here what, what your core system's... Every frame comes with a core system. These powerful abilities are unique to each frame, can't be transferred to other mechs, and in most cases can only be used once a mission by consuming core power. Core power refers to a reservoir of high-efficiency reactor power designed to be used in a quick burst. This reservoir is essential to the high-powered systems many mechs use in emergency situations. At any time, at any given time, a mech either has CP or it doesn't. There is no way to save it up or store extra CP aside from when some rare equipment aside from some rare equipment. Instead, you get CP when you start a mission or your mech receives a full repair. Sometimes if you're lucky, you're, the GM might grant you CP during. So that's not like a standard issue thing. It's just the GM assigns you some core power per mission. Gotcha. Is that's what it sounds like anyway. Gotcha. Oh, what? Actually, we have a weapons type list here. So, CQB does stand for Close Quarters Battle. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Alright, anyway. Let's let's see. So, we have six points to spend. Yes. So, the red ones are just unique systems. And that means that we can only take them once. Yes. Limited ones means they can only be used once per mission, I think. Yeah. Because, well, this one says, like, pattern A smoke charges, limited three. So maybe you get to use it three times? Oh, that would make sense. Although, even more fitting with our character, pattern B hex charges do have frag grenades and explosive mines. I mean, it costs two SP, but I think it would be worth it. We are a saboteur. Uh, what better way to sabotage people than to just fucking blow them up? <laughs> I know it's just flavor, or it looks like it might just... Let's see, when you take structure damage, roll 1d6 on a 6, you return to 1 HP and ignore the damage. So a custom paint job uh, <laughs> allows you to <laughs> take a chance to just, instead of taking damage, saying that the uh, thing only scratched your paint. 
Oh, that's so funny. I, I love it. I also think that we would absolutely have a custom paint job. Absolutely, we fucking would. Someone just painted a giant cat on it. <laughs> Somebody sees the giant cat and it's like, man, that person really likes cats. And then they look inside the mech and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, I love that. We've got, what, three points left? Yes. Do we want to give us a... All right. Do we want to give our cat a flight system? Oh my god. Joel, is that even a question? Let's see. So here's here's the thing. There's three types of flight s- systems. Each one costs uh, more SP. So we can either spend all of our SP for a type 1 flight system, which means we can choose to count any and all of your movement as flying. However, you take size plus 1 at the end of any of your turns in which you fly this way. Um... The rapid burnt burst jump jet system, you can fly when you boost. However, you must end the movement on the ground or another solid surface, or else immediately begin falling. Or the EVA module, which means that your mech has a propulsion system suitable for lo- use in low or zero gravity and underwater environments. You, in those environments, you can fly and are not slowed. So it would not work on a planet, but it might work on the moon or underwater. Hmm. <laughs> Uh well let's let's take a look at some other stuff and see. Is, yeah, if there's anything else just we in want case. that will certainly It's like turret attack, you'll have other people, turret drones, same thing. We've got so many deployables already. <laughs> let's see. I think if we want our our mech to be able to fly, we gotta do better than an Eva module because that that is very limited on the circumstances in which it can be used. Yeah. I, man, I do really like just ha- being able to straight up fly, like, <laughs> whatever. Just having a full flight system for this cat. <laughs> <laughs> the only um, thing is, like, it, that's, that's all our remaining points. <laughs> you know, you can points. get more points when you level up. This is just <laughs> level zero. And having that flight from level zero. Is going to be huge. <laughs> True. Well, here's the thing. Like, other other mechs will have different systems. So, like... Oh, yeah. Like, as we get better licenses, we can get better mechs. So, like, I guess, you know, if you want to spend all our remaining eight, uh, SP to ensure we can fly anywhere at the cost of being a little bigger... <laughs> Oh, I don't think that's us being a little bigger. I think that's, like, when you are done flying, you take your size, which our size is one, plus one heat, I believe that is. Because I think if your mech overheats, there's some oh, consequences. Oh, so size plus one, so we'd take two heat. Yes, heat. Adds points of heat to your mech instead of reducing HP and ignores armor. But yeah. Cool, okay, that makes sense. So there's there's issues related to overheating, then. Yeah, which... That won't be our problem when we're done creating this character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, saying that we can... Do you, do you want to just do that? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's just, okay. <laughs> just make him fly. Type 1 Let's flight do it. system. SP 3. Put <laughs> the tags on here. Oh, just unique. Just unique. Uh, effects. Nice. So let's see. Choose your systems up to your SP. We've done that. Write down your core bonuses. I don't think we get... 
it says that we don't get core bonuses until license level three. So that thing must be a system. Is it? I wonder if it's just free. I'm assuming it's free because it, it comes with the core. I think core we should treat it as free. Yeah, it says it doesn't tell us it costs anything. Core system. This says write down your core bonuses. You can choose yeah. your first core bonus at license level three. I'm assuming once you get more mechs, you can choose their core. Maybe. That I was about to say. That's an assumption, though. So yeah, I think just leave it where it's at, and if it's wrong, it's a form fillable document, so someone who knows what they're doing can copy and paste it where it's supposed to go. Yeah. Which means all we have to do left is write down our relevant talents. At level at level zero, we have three rank one talents. Okay. Now, where are our talents? Says page 35. Oh, so we were just there, apparently. Talents. Your pilot's ingenuity and experiencing piloting a mech are represented by talents. Special enhancements... That can help push mechs past their limits. Talents give your pilot benefits and abilities with specific weapon types, systems, or styles of play, allowing you to further define them within the rules and story. Few exceptions, talents only affect your character's capabilities as a mech pilot. Talents like licenses are measured in ranks from rank 1 to 3. At license level 0, you start with 3 rank 1 talents of your choice. When your pilot levels up, blah blah blah. You can read the full list of talents and their effects in the compendium on page 90. Alright, seems simple enough talents represent the uh, you just read something just like that so we've got ace every pilot brags about their abilities occasionally some even have the reputation to back it up (laughs) so like are these listed by rank or that is a good question bonded brawler brutal oh they have there's a thing next to them that shows what rank they are where uh so like you, you scroll down under Ace, you've got Rank 1, Acrobatics, Rank 2, Afterburners, Rank 3, Supersonic. Okay, cool. I like the I like the names for the ones under Bonded. First of all, I'm your Huckleberry. Two, Sundance. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's, right. let's see what these are. So, Ace is cool because, like, it's for flying stuff. So, like, while flying with Acrobatics, you get the following benefits. You make all agility checks and saves with a plus one accuracy. Anytime an attack misses you, you may fly up to two spaces in any direction as a reaction. Ooh, that's good. That That's really good considering we have uh, our flight. I feel like yeah. we kind of have to take that. It, it seems important that we take it after spending so many SP on flight. <laughs> you think so? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> all right, talents, ace. So that would be acrobatics. Uh, I think is what it's. Yeah. Okay. Because we're only rank a rank one ace, so. Yeah. Let's see. What's something else that looks good? Let's see. What's crack shot? Because we've got a lot of guns. Thanks mm-hmm. to modern technology, anything can hit anything these days. Targeting assist, smart weapons, AIs whispering in people's ears. But Strymon Bullis is different. He finds hitting a target is as easy as looking at it inside of his mech and out. No target assist for him. No AI required it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Stable steady. As a protocol, you may steady your aim. If you do, you become immobilized until the start of your next turn, but gain plus one accuracy 
Yeah, we don't have rifles, so yeah. Plus, immobilized kind of goes against our entire deal. Yeah, we're trying to be like quick. Looking through ten thousand teeth once per round when you perform a critical hit with a nexus. We don't have any nexuses. Um, combined arms. Shield of Blades. As long as you're engaged with someone, you and any allies adjacent to you count as having soft cover. Ooh, I've got one. Okay. Gunslinger. Opening argument. Gain plus one attack on the first attack roll you make with an auxiliary ranged weapon on your turn. We do have some auxiliary ranged weapons. We do. I'm I'm into it. Alright. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Gunslinger so, opening Gunslinger argument. opening argument. Surely that's how you spell that, right? Sure. Nope, it's not. I put the E. Oh. I put the extra E in argument. Okay, Hunter looks good for a cat. Lunge. Once per round when you attack with an auxiliary melee weapon. We have one of those, right? No, our charge blade is a heavy weapon. Okay, never mind. Infiltrator. Prowl. During your turn, gain the following benefits. Entering line of sight of hostile characters or moving from cover does not stop you from being hidden. You can pass freely through, but not end your turn in enemy spaces. You can hide even in plain sight of enemies. That sounds good. That, yeah, that sounds really good. You want to do that? Yeah. It's so like that that only exists during your turn, and you immediately lose it when you end your turn. But, but that sounds that. good. Yeah. Nice. And that's our talents. That is our talents, and I believe that was it. Well, not quite. We have to name our our uh, our guy still. True. We also have to give a call sign and name our mech. I think we do have to name our mech. All right. So first, we need to name the cat. And uh, if we go to our our document list, we have the list of names that were cats credited in the creation of the Tales of Zadia RPG. Or we could think about what. The the kind of style a, a dystopian future full of mech pilots might name cats. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the dystopian future, the style may be mythologically related or astronomy related. Maybe, maybe. So astronomy related would just be people naming cats after planets where people live on. <laughs> yeah, we can name our cat Saturn. No one lives on Saturn. They live on freaking well it's a planet though (laughs) true i do like the name saturn not gonna lie i do too (laughs) yeah you want to go with that yeah why not nice also saturn is the other name for chronos like the the latin name for chronos in roman mythology oh oh yeah do we want chronos to be our call sign then we could (laughs) (laughs) i like that a lot actually uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm into it. <laughs> Alright, our mech, though. Kitty Purry. <laughs> I say that because at the uh, Humane Society that I used to volunteer at, they had, like, a cat there that was, you know, for the Humane Society, and her name was mm-hmm. Kitty Purry. <laughs> well. But if you have another name, <laughs> I, I'm I open to hear not. it. I do not. Would you like to go with I, Kitty Purry? We could go with Kitty Purry. <laughs> you know what? 
Katy Perry loves that, I'm sure. She's a big fan of the podcast, so she'll be happy to hear. Uh, man, I don't know if I want uh, Katy Perry listening to... to uh, that, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that would be a lot of pressure to be under with... If I ever found out that Katy Perry was a big fan of our podcast, I think I'd just die. <laughs> That would be that would be something. I I don't know how I would feel about that honestly. I, I don't either. I'd be like, man, what? Why? <laughs> be like, is is this your deal? Vin Diesel, I would understand because he at least oh. plays D and D. Absolutely. But... What are we gonna get Vin Diesel on the podcast? <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe if Dungeons and Dragons ever releases another edition that doesn't suck. I was about to say we could go back first edition A D and D baby, <laughs> maybe. Oh man! But I don't know. I don't. I don't have much faith for one D and D based on how it's been handled thus far. <laughs> yeah. Not, not gonna lie to you. But anyway, that's we. We don't have to get into that here. Uh, we we've got we're, we're talking about Lancer. This this is all about Lancer. This is a really cool system that I need to find some fellow uh, some fellow mech nerds to play with. Now, here's the thing. This is like, this is an RPG. Like, it's got the narrative uh, gameplay stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But combat is hex tech. Like, it's a hex-based combat system. Mm-hmm. So, everything is hex tiles. Yeah. Um... Like if, like it would make perfect sense for me to three D print out a a hex uh, figurine in the the size and configuration of the the thing because like that's the level of dedication and whatnot that this game expects from. Like I said, it's a very crunchy game. So I've I've honestly I know it took us like an hour and a half to get through this. Mm-hmm. I was honestly expecting this to take us a lot longer to get through. Yeah, I I didn't realize. I, I knew we had to make two character type things, which <laughs> has taken a long time in the past. But I was surprised with how fast we were able to get through this. I think it also helped that we started at license level zero, which removes some of the creation in terms of like, extra bonuses or skills or talents that we can use. Yeah. There's just things that we didn't have to worry about at level zero. Yeah. Cause like, I'm assuming a campaign for like people that know the system and everything probably starts around license level three, since that's when you get like your stuff rolling. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know for sure that like everyone's going to start that high, but like, yeah, it, it would make sense, I guess, for things to start at that point. Plus, there's a lot of stats that we just straight up did not fill out. So, I'm guessing those come in at higher license levels Oh, yeah. Like, the grit, hall, systems, agility, engineering. I have no idea. We we did not hear reference of those at all. Yeah. At least we got information on our armor and and whatnot on on how that modifies our stats. Yeah. But that is good. Yeah. So, I guess I think I think we're done at this point. The the one unfortunate thing is it's this has like a lot of like role play elements to it obviously, but like I feel like we didn't learn exactly how we're going to role play this cat other than it will 
It likes to break things with bombs, which, you know, I guess is enough for me to, to name the episode. But, <laughs> but it's we didn't really get into this cat's character. We just kind of, you know, this is this is very he- rules heavy, which which is fine. Yeah, they're not all going to be like not every game can be like, oh, yeah, here's a thing about your personality that is going to be mechanically re- relevant. Some of them are just going to be this game is a this game is a hex crawl. You're going to keep track of your location on a real life table with with hex tiles and we're gonna we're gonna play a legit war game here in the middle of our rpg and that's what this is yeah. and that's honestly that's kind of cool yeah you know this cat can be whatever you want it to be yeah It'll so long s- as it likes to sabotage things yeah um you know some games are not as narrative heavy um like some systems um Granted, you know, it's always up to, you know, the DMs or GMs' uh, discretion of how narrative they want to be in their storytelling. So, really, it is up to right. you, dear listener. Also, I want to give a quick shout-out to the people that did the art in this book, because, my God, every single piece of art that I saw, I was like, that looks so sick. Uh, there's a lot they of did people a good job. here. But if you look up whoever did the art on this, just incredible. Um, Let's see, we can, there, there's a long list of artists. We can tell you the cover art was P- Tom Parkinson Morgan, yep. at the very least. You'll, you'll all see the cover art when you go look this up on itch.io, because mm-hmm. of course you're going to. Yeah, the cover art, sick as hell. All the art throughout the book, also sick. If you are a fan of anything future or mech related, I'd say definitely pick this up. This This book looks cool as shit. For sure. I uh, remember when this was, like, <clears throat> being crowdfunded and when it was being developed. Like, it was all, like, RPG Twitter could talk about for months. This was 2019 on on RPG Twitter, as far as I could tell. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was just this. <laughs> just this, that's it. Yeah, people I... were excited about it. And, like, honestly, looking at the system, finally, can't say I blame him. It's a pretty cool system, actually. Mm. So anyway, uh, Austin, you got any, like, mixtapes to drop on us this week? Mm, not really. I've been streaming more. Uh, I want to start streaming during the week as well as the weekend. Um, I finished Sunset Overdrive as of this recording, which is February 21st. Um, but a week from this recording, which sadly... Y'all won't hear, but I did mention it in a later episode. I am going to be streaming Destiny Lightfall. Destiny 2 Lightfall uh, when it comes out. I'm so excited for that. And after that, who knows? I've got plenty of other games that I can and want to play on stream. So check me out over there on twitch.tv slash avalonalchemist. Drop me a follow. Come say hi. Uh, I like to interact with chat a lot. So, yeah. What about you, Joel? Any uh, any fresh beats you dropping? Uh, not really. I this will probably be the last time I mention this, but Austin and I did a game jam, and we produced a somewhat functional game in it. The game is called Tumble Town. You can look it up from the link in the show notes to the Global Game Jam website. Don't worry, it will definitely be labeled. It. The long story short, you are 
exploring a Wild West reenactment villages, which is like four buildings. Like it was a game jam. We didn't have all the time in the world. It's like it's a pretty pretty bare bones like place, but still. You, it's your job to open it up for the day and make sure it's ready for visitors. And that that's it. There's no tumbleweeds to worry about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's the game um, that we made. You should check it out if you've got a decent computer. Uh, you, I'm not going to lie to you. My computer that I made the game that I did all the programming and the level design on cannot get, cannot get a solid 30 FPS. This was unreal engine five. It was on a version that got, got patched like immediately after the jam ended. And it's just, it's not optimized because I don't know how to optimize for lower systems in unreal five yet. (laughs) Yeah. I will say I played it on my computer. It worked. Okay. I did have some frame drop issues, which is wild because my computer can run most games at like a steady 200 FPS. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this game. But for the most part, it works. It's playable. I, <laughs> I've i had a few of my buddies message me recently being <laughs> wanting more of the game, funny enough. I'll have to talk to you about this more, Joel. But I, I've had some people that were like, man, this game fucking rocks. And I'm happy to hear it. So I'd like to hear what y'all think. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing that I could see being turned into, like, not exactly, like, a huge, like, narrative experience, but, like, maybe a parody of a very specific genre of horror game. Mm Mm-hmm. Is what... Because that's the the gameplay. Except it's too funny to actually be scary. Yeah. (laughs) It's It's hard to describe. You know, there's not many like comedy horror things out there. <laughs> I there's there's some comedy horror. There's there's Evil Dead 2 at least. True. I've not seen or have any interaction with the Evil Dead stuff. So. I I don't have much, but I know that like Evil Dead 2 is kind of like it, it's what people think of as far as I can tell when they think horror comedy. Hmm. But anyway, oh. uh so that's what Austin and I did we might at some point i guess finish making that into a, a full experience fingers fingers crossed maybe who knows uh, that would be kind of cool that would it would be kind of cool but mm-hmm. as for like my social media presence you can go to jholland.start.page which is where you will find a link to my twitter which is somehow still alive i guess recently elon musk had the engineers alter the algorithm so that his tweets were pushed exponentially more than anyone else's. Like we're at, we're at that point in history when we're recording this podcast. Uh, plus I think he paywalled two factor authentication. Yep. So yeah, look guys, Twitter's not dying nearly as fast as it looked like it was going to die back in November of last year, but it's still going downhill pretty fast. So like, <laughs> Follow me on Tumblr, because that's where I'm actually, like, active and posting now. You can also follow the show on both Twitter and Tumblr. Right now, the show is still more active on Twitter, but Tumblr has that Ask Us Anything button, so you could ask us anything on Tumblr about the show, and one of us will answer your questions. 
about the show in general. Like you can go to literalcatpod.start.page, find its Tumblr and Twitter. Uh, you can also find our email address where you can send us pictures of your cats. Please, people, send us pictures of your cats. At this point in time, nobody has emailed us pictures of their cats except for one guest who was also involved in trying to get other people to send us pictures of their cats. It Honestly, at this point, it's just kind of insulting that nobody has emailed us a single cat picture without coming on the show first. Yeah. Like, what's up? But anyway, you can also use the, the email to, like, you know, ask us questions there that way, or, like, tell us what kind of cats you want us to see on, you, you would like to see on the show. You can request games that we should play, including yours. Like, if you've made a game and you want it to come on the show, email us about it, please. Oh, we yeah. are... We, we are always on the lookout for more games. Absolutely. I I am so interested in looking at stuff that I have never seen before, which at this point I've realized is a lot, but <laughs> any system that looks looks fun, sounds fun, or like you think you've made a good system, even if you think you've made a bad system, send it to us and we'll check it out. <laughs> Someone should show me something from Caltrap Core. I, le- I learned what that is last episode and... I've not actually, like, seen a Caltrop core game, not gonna lie. Yeah. But anyway, that sounds like a fun system, because I love the idea of a D4 dice pool. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, email us, follow us on social media, send us reviews. Or not send us, but send them to the places where reviews go. So, like, Podchaser, Apple Podcasts, your own personal podcast listener... You know, anywhere that you can review the show, you should be reviewing the show. It would make us feel good. It will make you feel good. It will make the algorithm feel good about sharing our show with other people. Because how else are we gonna how, how else are we gonna get the word out, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll find a way. We'll find a way Ooh. one of these days for people to to actually hear about this this podcast. Yeah, I'm just gonna start shouting it from rooftops. Um, so if you hear somebody screaming, uh, in your local downtown area, <laughs> it's probably me. Don't worry about it. I mean, depending on what they're screaming. If they're screaming about cats, then it's Austin. Yeah. If they're screaming, "Oh God, please help me," then you should probably go help them. Yeah. Actually, that could also be Austin. It could be a ruse to get you to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you show up and I'm just like, what's up? It's your boy. (laughs) Have you heard about this podcast? Come on, come check it out. (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, anyway, I think, oh yeah, there's a YouTube channel. There's no longer anything special going on on the YouTube channel. Like, we're not hosting watch parties there anymore at this point. Simply because it's been a while since either of us have had time to show up to one. So, but you can just watch the episodes on YouTube, which allows you to, you know, play them through the YouTube music app. Austin, on occasion, gets in and edits the closed captions so that they're accurate. True. It is hard to be super accurate. I can't distinguish, like, who's talking without spending, like, five hours going through and individually piecing. Um, but as long as you're listening along and you can differentiate our voices, you'll be able to tell just fine. And if you can't differentiate our voices, that's probably why you need the captions in the first place. So, yes, 
Um, but anyway, let's see. Is there anything that we've missed? We got review. Um, we, I think I think that's everything. Uh, let me just double check the document. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, we broke one rule. Yes, we did break one oh, rule. Also, also here's the other thing. Bit.ly slash literal cat pod. Go there. You can download all of the character sheets from every single episode. That will probably mm. always be true because I think you have to pay to get Bitly to change the where a link goes. So that will just always point to that Dropbox folder so long as it exists. Yeah. I will have to come up with another one to get you to go to the wiki when or if because I, I still haven't had time to like settle on a wiki source because I'm not using uh I'm not using fandom. I refuse. Why do you refuse to use fandom? Fandom sucks. Like <laughs> if if you have you tried using it on mobile or on a computer without an ad blocker? No. Uh to either of those. Well, you can't. Like <laughs> is it, it just looks... like impossible to access? I want to look this up on my phone right now. It looks like if you load a fandom website on mobile or on a computer with an out an ad blocker today and like showed it to someone from pre-2010, they would assume your computer has a million viruses on it. That's how bad the ad situation is on fandom forums or fandom wikis. Yeah, I open it up. There's immediately a banner ad. <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't want to use uh fandom, which is like the Fandom bought Wikia. They bought like a whole bunch of other like uh, free uh, wiki creation sources. So like they're very hard to avoid. Mm. But I'm I'm trying. I think I found a source. Uh, I've I found someone else who has used the source. So now I just have to take some time to learn to, to make a wiki on it. I think. And if I can successfully do that, then there will be a literal cat wiki for all the characters that we make on the show. But anyway, Maybe that has not happened as of this recording. So if that is changed by time, this episode comes out, I will probably put a note after the end, of, <laughs> after the end of it. But, uh, I think, I think that's it. So that's it. Austin, do you have a cat pun for us? Oh, oh shit. I literally thought of one earlier today and I have already <laughs> forgotten. it. Oh my because uh, i was thinking at work i was like i was like man like got to think of a cat pun for tonight what am i gonna do i had one i lost it oh no so do you remember what it was no no you don't that's the problem <laughs> that's that's exactly the issue i'm having right now um oh here uh not really a pun but more of a friendly reminder get your cats and all pets spayed or neutered. Yeah, that's probably good general advice. Uh, anyway, so thank you for listening to Literal Cat Pod, the podcast about literal cats in RPGs and stuff. Um, hope you all had a great time listening. I have been Austin Irwin. And I have been Joel Holland, and never will be again. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>